Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber's back on set. Uh, the Bears take aim at new lows for the year today as a fresh round of recessionary worries are driven by Coles and Cisco. Philly Fed disappoints in the 10-year yield near lows for the month. We are going, speaking of Cisco, we are going to talk to CEO Chuck Robbins on set in just a few moments. But we'll begin with the markets after yesterday's sell-off. The major indices extending their double-digit losses from record highs, including a more than 29% decline for the Nasdaq, Jim. And that mix of everything from consumer discretionary to staples, uh, nowhere to hide. No, there is nowhere to hide. Uh, I think yesterday was really interesting because, of course, even oil was down. Uh, all I want to point out is, is that there was a moment in time when all we cared about was the tenure. And that time has come and passed, which tells me that that should not have been the focus. The focus should have been uh, the tipping point for when retail had to stop eating or eating inflation. Uh, a lot of the inflation had not been felt or seen, in part because it, it was at a level where it was almost hidden from the consumer. But that, it turned out to be just hidden from the consumer because the companies hadn't reported. So, David, my takeaway is that it's been simmering and simmering and simmering. And it boiled over in March and then really went nuts in April. And it, because the companies didn't report until early May, we just really didn't know how bad inflation was. Mm-hmm. It's much worse than before. What about the demand side? Um, are consumers reallocating their spending or are they slowing their spending? Well, I think that they're spending at a different place than where we thought they would. So reallocating. Yeah. I mean, look, they're buying they're buying luggage. Uh, one of the there was a weird kind of uh, existential moment in the target call where Brian Cornell says they're buying sunscreen. And now, I mean, I don't want Brian Cornell serious businessman. But he's, what he's basically saying, I think, by that is they're not doing what we thought they're doing. They are done fixing up their house. Carl makes that point very clear. They're just buying little things now, and they're traveling, luggage. So what people are doing is doing something that we should have, I think, maybe presumed, which is that they're seeing the world. They're doing things with their lives because they've been locked down. They're not trying to spend even more time at home. They want to get on the road. Phil LeBeau would certainly tell you that, too. And anyone who's flown knows that, that you can just add a zero to wherever you go with, with the airline tickets. You mean the fare? Oh, and people will just, pay it? I mean, it, I think it, there's still not demand destruction there because people are just so happy to get away. Uh, and they use Airbnb, so you, it's not like you're getting caught with a hotel. But I, I am just shocked at the number of people who were... Uh, misjudged. People wanted to go away, and where they go does not add up to retail. They just aren't. They're off the. They're off the. the they're not going in the aisles. I mean, unless you have a contractor who's trying to finish 
the project that started All right. during it. Well, Jim, when, the, when this week began, you and I were together on Monday, I believe it was. I think I've seen you a couple times this month. <laughs> I think so. I think we've all been together maybe once this no. month, but it's good to be back, all three of us on the set. Um, but when we were here on Monday, uh, you talked about these retail earnings being key, without yes. a doubt. Yes. And now we're through most of the well, big I, ones. I didn't know they'd so, be this bad. W- all right. But what is the takeaway for how you approach the market at this point? Obviously, a market that is going to be down yet again after a very poor day for the S&P that you can see right there yesterday. Uh, and, you know, market sentiment, we can all talk a lot about that. Uh, okay, what well, the end game for the Fed is and the fact that nobody's going to buy until they know. But what does this retail reporting period tell you in terms of it your It tells approach? me that... that- as much as I like Jay Powell, he is so off the mark here. What, what do you mean? You love Jay Powell. You've been singing his praises. Of late, I've been in the Bullard camp, and you know that. Oh, no, that's right. You haven't been around. <laughs> How much so they, you, have I been in the like Bullard camp? Father. Have I been Dad, in the, where the hell you been, Dad? You never been, around. Yeah, you never around. in the cradle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've been busy, my man. <laughs> It was Johnny O. Um, look, I think that it's very important to recognize. I think Bullard's been right. I th- Esther George is talking. We're talking about 50. I mean, what the lesson of this is, is holy cow, things are so much more out of control than we thought. So I have to, I've been in the board. I love Jay Powell. I've been, I think Jay Powell was doing a good job. I think he was concerned as much as, as she that maybe Omicron is going to be really horrible. He misjudged that, but he's not a public health official. But we have a guy named Bullard. Bullard is very sane. We need to shock the system. We need to bring things down right now. The only commodity that I know that is down and in half, chicken wings. A meaningful deflation. Uh, you talked to Wing last night, right? Really incredible. We, got, we finally got some deflation yeah. in chicken wings. But you know what's so bad? My wife and I came home. We ate them. Everyone's cutting back. Cutting back on what? Their chicken wings? Oh, I ate chicken wings for dinner. Oh, you're cutting back. Not the breast, just, to, just the wings. Well, no, I'm just saying that the chicken wings were surprisingly good. And I was just shocked that they were half the price of what they were. And everything else is much more than what it was. It's the only commodity I can find that's down versus, say, gasoline. It's just told you in the state of Washington, it is a, you can't have enough digits. Yeah, uh, Washington State's bracing for some big numbers. By the way, I mean, in terms of the things that are rolling over, mortgage originations, maybe oh, hiring yeah. plans, Esther George did talk about what it's going to take uh, to get inflation under control this morning. I think we will succeed in bringing down inflation because we have the tools to do uh, the heavy lifting on that as it relates to demand. And we do see uh, financial conditions beginning to tighten. So I think that's something we'll have to watch carefully. It's hard to know how much will be needed to make that happen, given all the moving parts that we see today in the economy. 1994. We got to do 1994. What does that mean? Got to go after with 75s. Can't be afraid of a 75 basis point increase. Meanwhile, we've got these supply chain issues. We're going to talk to Chuck Robbins in a minute. So, I mean, I, I don't know how that all figures into we things We need everything well. to You can't even get we enough need, goods that you want to satisfy the demand, we, which... We need housing to definitively slow. I know that things are rolling over a little bit. Um, I do think that uh, there, there are, is a lot of miscommunication about what the Fed needs to do. But I think that what the stock market cannot do what the Fed needs to do. The Fed needs to go. We need to stop the cycle, which just says 
we can put through price increases, David. That's what I was saying to Carl yesterday, which is that there isn't a company in the world that doesn't feel right now it, it, it can't put through a price increase. And what we need is companies to say, you know what, if we do that, maybe the customer won't buy. Well, isn't that exactly what Cole said? Sales meaningfully declining in April? Well, I, I read Cole's and they're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. I mean, you know, Sephora, they're still talking Sephora. Well, that's great. It was just genius. I mean, Kohl's is existential. You, you don't, there's nothing really at Kohl's. They, David, how do they do on, the, on this sale? They get a good price? Uh, it's not that easy to sell yourself in this environment, one would expect. I don't have any updates, though, on that process. Uh, obviously, the board was uh, unanimously reelected, if you recall. But they the proxy lost. Fight, you uh, see proxy that their chief merchandise? Failed. They've lost a couple of senior people, yeah. See, but, well, yeah. It, what is, look, I don't want to, I mean, I'm sure that, that Doug McMillan here is saying, Jim, you slagged me, and now you come and you slag Cole. Like, now, I mean, I, Brian Cornell was, was very abject. People didn't have the right thing. I say Cole's is different. I say Cole's doesn't have what it takes. That's very different from not having the right thing. Mm-hmm. Target did not have the right merchandise, okay? Walmart did, has a lot of food, and food's going up. Home Depot had a great quarter, and no one's talking about it. And Marvin Ellison, with the coldest April, with the do-it-yourself, coldest April in 20 years, and rainiest, so only missed by 350 million, and he's going to catch up. So there are companies that are doing well, all right? People are gardening. People are doing things at their homes. They want to make their homes better. There's Marvin. Uh, is he on our show? Yeah. Uh, no. Not that I'm aware. I love him. Uh, but, how about, yeah, Canada Goose, another uh, example yeah, I mean, of the upside. There's some guys that have the right stuff. But when I talk about the Fed, all I'm saying, David, is we need some belief that autos don't, wow, that autos, uh, we need autos to catch their breath. We need housing. Look, it is incredible how short we still are in housing. Come what may in the stock market, right? Doesn't matter. The, the wealth effect is, good, is kicking in. People are, but that was, RH told you that was going to happen. RH was the beginning. And we all so you thought just that like Gary, bigger, quicker, fat, sooner, get it over get with. Get it over with. You want to keep doing this? You want to talk about this every day for the, for the next year? You no, know, David, people aren't buying as much. Well, I won't wealth effect. Either, but. Can we just get it over with? In 94, that was the greatness of 94. By the fall, we got it over with. So you're looking you were for, still in diapers. I was it. not. I was at CNBC. I'm oh, just I trying to remember diapers. back to Fort Lee in 94 and what the heck I was doing. You had, you had hair then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no yet what you have is that you have a, a Fed that's got a lot of leeway to raise rates, and they're taking their time. 50, 50. They act as if, uh, yeah, we got a little inflation. I mean, what, do they need Weimar in order to like, get off the Jay – is, Jay is not doing his job right now. He, when he made that comment, the 50s, why did he say that? Why did he say that? You, no, you will allow that the Russian-Ukraine conflict yeah. and the China lockdowns were curveballs out of nowhere. Yes. They were curveballs, but at the same time, even before those, things were out of control. Now, I mean, when you look at Russia, by the way, they're destroying the farm equipment. I mean, the food thing is, I mean, Ukraine, we, Russia, that, that, that was unexpected. That's got a huge issue. You just mentioned it when it comes to... We're just, just starting to see that want, appear in terms of food you, prices. Look, when you listen to all the calls, they all say the same thing, which is that there's not enough housing. That's for... Housing is the most inflationary part of the U.S. economy. Do you know how much housing is up to over two, over two years? 30%. Wait, 40. 40. That's too high. Yeah, that's Americans, huge, that's that the American huge, dream. That's a huge number. How about, how about cars? 
cars. Have you tried? Have you a car shop lately? No. Someone tried to buy my car. 16 years old. I bought a used, I said, listen, buy your car for 20000 20, I said, I'm driving my car. Why, why would I want to sell my car? Right. Don't. Which one is that? The 16-year-old Lexus. Oh. No, it's not like Holmes. Lisa wanted to buy a castle in Ireland. I said, enough. Enough? Enough. 13 is enough. So you're no. eating wings for dinner. Wings for dinner. But multiple. I came home and I said, we're having wings. The night before we ate at the bar, we are cutting back. What well, are you doing, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing you what are obviously I cutting back because you got some sort of weird plaid tie on. You don't like my tie? Where's it from? I don't know. TJ Maxx? No. This is. There's nothing wrong with TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. The they had a great quarter. Yes. Yes. They, they did. You had a good idea with TJ Maxx. You can pick up some good bargains at TJ Maxx. Burlington. We're going to go to Burlington Coat. There's an unbelievable one in Brooklyn. It has nothing but t shirts. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk to Chuck Robbins about all these issues in a moment. The uh, exclusive with the chairman and CEO of Cisco as the company's outlook is weighing on the stock this morning. Futures again uh, down across the board. Europe's down across the board, although we are getting that bid in treasuries uh, with a 10-year 282. 10-year. <laughs> yeah. Back in a moment. <laughs> Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Got somebody in person here. I find it exciting. Even if the stock is down, yes, Cisco shares down sharply this morning. Company lowered revenue guidance after COVID lockdowns in China, Ukraine crisis. Uh, Ukraine weighed on all this weight on the quarterly sales uh, and all the weight it's going to weigh on the future. But joining us now at Post 9, who never dodges us and actually flew to New York, is Cisco chairman and CEO Chuck Robbins. Chuck, it's great to see you in person, even if it's a day that we've got to talk about some numbers that we're not happy with. I can't tell you how good it is to be here in person. We're actually excited. I was, I, as I said earlier, I brought my whole team to New York to do earnings up here so I could come see you guys and talk about it because I think it's important what's going on right now. Yeah, well, let's talk about it from first from the point of view of demand because I think that was lost in a lot of the notes that I read this morning and last night was that demand is strong and you're not losing share. I want to start there because after that, we've got to talk about the miss. Yeah. Well, you know, there was a lot of discussion about demand last night. And if you think about the, the prior three quarters, we had product order growth in excess of 30 percent. And we knew that wasn't normal. Those were not normal run rates. Right. And right. so we got to a quarter where we grew 10 percent a year ago, product bookings 10 percent a year ago. And if you recall, two or three years ago, if we'd been sitting here saying product orders were up 10 percent, right. we would all be celebrating. But since we had done 30 three times in a row, everybody seemed to think the sky is falling. And we grew eight, we grew 8%, but it would have been 10, notwithstanding Russia orders that we took down because we ceased operations right. in Russia. So 
you know, a 10% growth on a 10% compare from a year ago, mathematically, of course it's, it's slowing, but from a, just an overarching like emotional perspective, I think we have to be really careful not to over-rotate on you know, that issue. But I do want to over-rotate, over I like that. Um, okay, so Russia, we know, you take it out, thank yeah. you. Yep. That's what Americans need to do. There is, as I read this morning in a note, an epic disaster developing in China. And I say that because I think you actually may have had an upside surprise, but we now got to realize China is shut down. Closed. China is shut down. Now, you have a country, the largest country on earth, that's closed for business. Am I right? And what would have happened with the, with the power supplies had you been able to be open? Oh, I think we would have been fine. I think it's, uh, we, we can point to in excess of $300 million more of product that we couldn't ship in the month of April. So if you recall, I think you were talking about it earlier, most of our peers, they reported March in quarters and the Shanghai shutdown, which was much more detrimental than, than the Shenzhen one, began on March 27th. So we experienced an entire month of April of those shutdowns. And we just have some critical power supply components that come out of Shanghai. And they, while they're building them, they, they gave them permission to be in the factories and the, the workers are literally sleeping there, but they have no transportation, no logistics, you can't get anything out. And so we got nothing from the largest power supply manufacturer that we use. And we have a dozen, but this was the largest one. Right, but one you, more you question. also, and I just want to follow on no, this. No, no, go ahead. You also continue to be concerned about what the future is going to hold here, well, particularly what, yeah. as they open up getting stuff out of the ports there. I mean, I know you talked about it during the conference yeah. call. Give people a sense as to your continued concerns when everybody's suddenly going to be racing for the exits with their product. Yeah, I, you know, I think that um, the good news is we, we believe if they begin to really open up over the next 90 days, then when we get into our Q1 and Q2, a combination of them being open and a lot of the work our teams have been doing for like nine months on some of these key issues that we have, we think they're going to start to show positive benefits. So we'll leave that one. But in the near term, we believe that as they begin to ship, you know, we're, we're, yet, we're but one company with one product we're trying to get out of there. There's other components we're trying to get out of there. But we do believe there will be a rush to get product out. We saw their industrial production numbers way down and their export numbers way down. And so when they open up ports, they open up airways, there's going to be tons of competition for it. And so we believe there'll probably be some short-term pressure. And then once they get it out onto the oceans, we could see another issue in LA or in other ports like we've seen where ships are backed up trying to get in. So that was all built into how we thought about our guide because we're just concerned that it's not going, if they open, that it's not going to result in shipments as fast as we would like for it to be. And that's a simple issue. That's it. It's not any more complicated than that. Well, do you think that margin pressure among clients is going to force them to revisit IT spending plans? Or is that whole reinvention of, uh, of the corporate IT world intact? I, I think that it will be less severe as it was five years ago. But clearly, there'll come a point where companies, if they decide to stop spending, they'll stop spending. But my point is, COVID, the pandemic, exposed the power of technology to C-suite executives, political leaders in ways they'd never seen before. They always knew it was strategic, but now they truly understand. They, it was up close and personal, so they understand, I, I can see how this can fundamentally change the customer experience for us. I, we can get closer to our customers by leveraging technology. They also realized 
that they had sweated their assets way too long and, and many of them had not modernized their technology infrastructure and it impacted their ability to deal with the pandemic in the early days, right? I joked that we were putting duct tape and glue on a lot of this technology infrastructure. So, so while I think it's inherently obvious if they decide to slow spending, they'll slow spending, but I think that technology will remain a higher priority today than it would have maybe five years ago. But with the two price increases you put in place already this year, you still haven't seen any sign of demand destruction at all? Uh, we have not. I mean, other than the mathematical you know, slowing, but uh, we had 100 of our top customers together two weeks ago, and all they could talk about was how critical the technology is and the projects they're working on. So I, you know, uh, we'll see, because you know, these things tend to turn quickly when they turn. So we'll, we'll see how things go well, in the next 90 days. If that's the case, uh, then why wouldn't you use your considerable cash hoard to buy as many shares as you can at 42, 41? Because you were buying higher. You have a lot more money, uh, $17 billion, uh, available. It would seem to me if you're that confident, we would know it if we start seeing buying by you. I think that uh, our teams have always had a, a core capital allocation strategy and the opportunity to be opportunistic where we need to be. And clearly, if we thought the stock was undervalued at different levels, then it's certainly attractive now as well. One of my concerns is uh, order backlog. Some of the analysts seem to think that you're losing share. Others seem to think that your uh, order backlog growth is slowing. Now, I candidly don't know how they got that. Maybe there's some uh, Merlin within their organization. I didn't read that. But that is the, the takeaway of a major analyst. <laughs> Well, we've only given backlog two quarters, two quarters. So it's, it, that, it's very difficult to declare a long-term trend over two quarters. But I'll tell you that our, our backlog was up $1.5 billion sequentially. We have $15.6 billion in backlog today. We have RPO, which is remaining performance obligations, meaning revenue we will see in the future on, from software and services. So you add those two together, we have $46 billion of revenue that we have taken orders and we're ready, and we, we will recognize that over the next coming quarters. 16 billion of the RPO is short term. So if you assume the backlog ships in less than 12 months, and you have $16 billion of short term RPO, meaning next 12 months, that's $32 billion of revenue that is secured for the next four quarters. So it's, um, you know, I think if you look at our backlog, it grew 136% year over year. So if that's slowing, I'm okay with it. But, but to your point, things can change quickly. And we it are in a, we're in a somewhat unique period right here. <laughs> we have been. <laughs> yeah, we have been, and it continues. And we were talking about it at the top of the show and the Fed. And uh, I mean, we're starting to see some companies lay, up, lay off employees. There right. seems to be a bit of a shift. How concerned are you about the meaningful change in demand and or in behavior, so to speak, of those, of those customers? You know, if you think about what our customers are dealing with right now, they're all, they're re-architecting applications, they're moving to hybrid cloud models, there's 5G's finally rolling out, we have 400 gig transitions, we have a new cybersecurity landscape in light of distributed data, distributed users, distributed applications, we have hybrid work. So I think there are these multi-year transitions that we believe our customers are going to invest into. And so, will, could they potentially pause, slow down for a while? Of course, but I think longer term, we're quite comfortable. And the reason in our Q4 guide, 
that we, our EPS guide was much lower than what the street expected is because we believe that these issues that we face are temporary right now. The China lockdown is temporary. They're going to have to fix that because it's hurting their economy. And so we didn't want to go rip the OPEX out of the company and destroy the company over something that we think is a 90-day issue. So, and by the way, the low end of our guide, in light of Wall Street really liking companies that make things and make money, Yes. the low end of our Q4 guide results in our year being a record year in earnings per share. So it's not like this, you know, we've actually navigated this year in a very complicated world, I think, quite effectively. the conversation would have been started another way, which is if, if it weren't a tough quarter. You're the number one place, you were voted number one place to work in America. And I want to congratulate you. Thank it's you. A tremendous honor to be the thank number you. one. Okay. I want to thank Chuck Robbins, Chairman thank CEO of Cisco, for coming on. Great so, to be with you. So good to have you here in person, Chuck. Thank you. So good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming in. Chuck Robbins. Take a look at futures here as we kick off this Thursday morning. Uh, more Squawk in the Street continues after a short break. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. All right, let's squeeze in a mad dash before we get to uh, the start of trading here less than a minute from now. You want to talk about the rails? Get used to hearing this, okay? Now, this is an excellent note out of City. The analyst has been dead right, uh, Chris, Christian Weatherby. Uh, downgrading the rails here. They've outperformed. Uh, the thought is CSX, Norfolk Southern, and Union Pacific, by the neutral. Remember, they've been unbelievable, though they were higher. They, we're now at a, at a time when you have to be more selective and cautious about the transports. Now, the reason why I like this call, David, is because this group has basically been in the sweet spot of the strength of the economy. Union Pacific did trade up 50 points from here. But that said, these, their business, should, their cargoes should start slow. And that's something worth watching. What are you rotating into? What are you rotating into? Yeah. American Electric Power. Okay. They're doing quite well, by the way. The, that's that Ohio Renaissance they keep talking about. He doesn't know about the Ohio Renaissance. The, the, the Guardians? The, the cheap, cheap power for, uh, for the cheap semiconductor plants? Uh, but also the, uh, the previous, the old facts. Here's a look at the opening bell. Obviously, we read through the open at the big board. It's new scale power celebrating its recent listing. And at the NASDAQ, it's you think and MTV uh, marking their annual mental health action day. Uh, this is mental health month. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, Flotus did an event yes. uh, yesterday about that. Uh, as for the, the utilities in the grid, some uh, cautionary comments yesterday about summer blackouts, Jim. 
Uh, I mean, I wonder, we talked about Staples not being a safe haven, but do utilities remain? Uh, You know, I've been saying that Generac's interesting because of that, but Generac's expensive. But the summer blackouts uh, seem very real to me. Uh, Sempra, which is a fabulous company and a great, great, fabulous grid is telling me that could happen. I do like Semper, by the way. They're doing many things right, including natural gas export. Uh, but I, it, it's just let's just say it's an added concern. I, uh, among the many concerns, the supermarket, the gas station, uh, the retailers, the, the housing, uh, the list grows and grows and grows. And the, if the economy would just be able to catch its breath, then I think that things could be a little bit better. But otherwise, I think that people are going to say, uh, and there's some notes out today, get me out of the market. There's just a lot of a bunch of notes today saying that the individual is fleeing. Yeah. Well, and you Flee. got some of these uh, targets. Uh, Deutsche cuts their year-end target. HSBC yes. cuts their year-end target. Goldman says the recession would take you to 3360. That piece, by the way, the recession piece is beautifully uh, written. Uh, Costin and B of A, yep. Jim. Worst case stagflation, 3200. I know. Which would also be your median uh, recessionary decline, peak to trough. Yeah. You go home, you read the research, and you keep saying. Do you try to find some bright things to say because it's your nature, uh, oversold, uh, price targets will come down, or do you just go global? We just had a man, Chuck Robbins, come up here. Chuck is a serious business person. Uh, China, if China indeed has shut down, how do you, David, own anything that gets product out of China? Well, it's a good question. I mean, he did say they are going to have to open up they are in the process, it would seem, of at least moving towards opening rather than getting more shut. Although, who knows, the course of COVID is unknown. And so the response from that country will be as well. But it's a good point, Jim. Um, it's and, you know, Shanghai was much more important than Shenzhen. Yes, Sorry, that Carl. was really amazing. Yeah. No, I was going to say, the, the general groupthink is that when they loosen restrictions, it's dovish. But his point is everyone rushes to the bar yes. and wants a drink now, and that's going to create that, more short-term pressure. Yeah. And that forecast is what, of course, remember, they actually beat the number. Right. But the forecast was so negative as to make me feel that, okay, we got to analyze every company that has something coming out of China. But at the same time, and this is the silver lining issue that I have, is we are really oversold, and there are a lot of companies that have nothing to do with China. And if Esther George is right, then it may be a a situation where they get to still make more money. But this is the Home Depot issue. I mean, Home Depot had great numbers, and some of it was because they were able to put through big price increases. Uh, That's not what we want if you're a consumer. But if you can get good price increases, then your stock is going to go higher. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you another, I don't know. What do you hit me with? Uh, maybe a positive. The hedge fund world, they've taken their gross exposures down to levels rarely if ever seen. That's a good point. A lot of the selling, I think, may be done. And they've sold so much. I mean, and many, again, and this is closing. anecdotal. This is, and I don't want right, to, you know, but I'm hearing Coke 2 is at 22%. Lone Pine lowest exposure ever. These are very large hedge funds that are active traders. Uh, that very well may be at the lowest exposure to the market they've ever had, meaning they've sold a lot of stuff. And so you want to say that's a positive? Maybe, but uh, certainly low exposures across the board is not a negative. Uh, And then we got Melvin, um, you know, maybe the poster child for hedge funds and hedge fund excess in some ways. 
Gabe Plotkin, obviously, all those great years of performance until he ran into the GameStop fiasco. And then from there, has just been terrible. Uh, it wasn't just that. It was all of last year. And it's this year, too, as well, down well into the 20s, maybe even more than that at, at Melvin. He, uh, he's done. He writes a letter. He says the past 17 months have been incredibly trying time for the firm. Uh, and I've given everything I could, but more recently, that's not been enough to deliver the returns you should expect. I now recognize I need to step away from managing. Did he actually mention the Redditors Extra as a reason? Cap. I don't know. No, I have the letter here. I don't think he did. But, well, can I, you know, me, listen, moving to Miami, buying sports teams, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's not the best idea. These, these hedge funds have moved to Miami. It's not, not all going six, so well for Six them. months in a day. It's just I too, mean, much, give me a, too like, much fun stuff pay to Pay your do. taxes. We have a, it's America. Just stay here in the rain right. and the, you know, the garbage. It's much better. You focus Gar- on garbage. Work. With garbage. About. All over the streets. <laughs> okay, I will tell you, here's something. And again, I don't want to be searching. But for a month, maybe oh. two, we were all gripped by one thing. The tenure, the tenure, the tenure. The sky. Yeah. Now, like, the tenure. Who, like, who cares? Like, who, who cares? Like, the tenure's at 279. I mean, I don't care about the tenure. That's a good point. It's a good point. All I right. do want to make one final point on Melvin. I think it's an important one. There are people who are probably looking at the 13 Fs from the firm at Melvin saying, oh, he's got to sell everything because he's closing down. Uh, he's done is my understanding. So all those are old. He has liquidated uh, and has been. Remember my story from a few weeks back where he was trying to change his high watermark, make it go away, yeah, that, that and was, then reinstate it on new advice. capital, and then that didn't work. He's been in more or less a liquidation mode, is my understanding, for some time. And so those looking at his 13Fs thinking there's an opportunity to shoot at his positions, unlikely. Uh, much of the public uh, equity portfolio at that firm has already been liquidated as he does return external capital. But, you know, go back to what you said about the... Uh, the exposure cut. Take a stock like Apple. Apple, yeah. Yeah, Apple is okay. Apple. They, your iPhone that you use constantly when I'm talking to you. Yes, this. Uh, they, the stock is actually, uh, it, it's up. Right. NVIDIA. I posted a picture this morning of Jensen Wong just to remember the halcyon days. NVIDIA is up. Now, I would say it's a long day. It's probably early in the session. But, I'm, but I do believe that you can bounce and people should reposition and get out of things that have a lot of China. Because you heard Chuck Robbins. They're going to miss everybody who needs product. I don't think Chuck Robbins is the only one who's not going to be able to get product out of Shanghai. Right. And I think if we went to Shanghai right now, I think, I, I don't know, I've not been, my wife's been to Shanghai, uh, just, you know, the most bustling city on earth, and I don't know if it's shut. Uh, that's just a major seismic event. Uh, there were some headlines this morning that uh, Chinese officials telling the wires that port capacity is back to 90 percent, but... Okay. I mean, that's not certainly what he's saying right. anecdotally. I will say to your point about bouncing, say take Children's Place, down 13 pre-market, now positive. Really? Uh, you got a Chain bunch Elfers of, did. That was a really bad quarter. Uh, you got Expedia up, Live Nation up, Hilton up, Delta up. To your point, Jim, about people trading in goods for travel. Right. I can't believe Children's Place is up. I know. When I read that, it was just so negative. Yeah. Well, I don't like Chain Elfers very much. I'm not picking on it. Uh, they, um, because they missed on the top of the bottom line, and they did guide below for the year. The tail, the tail of the tape will be if Lowe's can come back. People believe Marvin Ellison that he had that if the weather's good, uh, he'll get back the sales. I, I just think he did such a great, great job this quarter. Uh, he didn't cut numbers. Uh, there are a bunch of companies. Look, I hesitate to say anything positive because I think we all feel like 
when you do that, you're trying to sugarcoat the damage that people have suffered. Uh, I do think at this point, Carl, when I meet someone, the first thing they say is 401k. Like they look at me and I'm like, 401k. I mean, I say, they don't say, when's it going to end? Because that's what I get. When's it going to end? When's it going to end? Just a second, just cut. Oh, yeah. It's going to end June 7th. June 7th? Yes, at 1036. Let me just (laughs) mark that down. Hey, David, can I take a selfie? When's it going to end? Just saying. Do that June 7th. I'll I'll post it. I don't know when it's going to end. Okay, June 7th. He says June 7th. I didn't even know when it it started. Oh, he took a nice picture. Thank you. He said June 7th. Okay, I'm just going to. June 7th, what time? 1037. June 7th. Write that down. That's, it. You know, That's I have what I'm to doing. Because no one else has been able to predict I, I, it accurately. I, I, I give you. And, and give is this with Jay still involved? Jay will still be involved. Yes. Although I'm not will, calling him Jay anymore. Perhaps he's he Mr. Will, Pal. Perhaps he will. All right. Because I want to get the distance. Because I don't like the fact that he said I love Jay. He'll have raised interest rates 300 basis points the way no, you no, want I him to. No, I just want to. I want a shock to the system. I want people to say, I better not put through that price increase because the customer may not take it. That's what I want. Now, oil, unfortunately, the customer has to take it. Uh, if you're in the state of Washington, it's not exactly like they have the most. When are we going to start to see some demand, demand destruction? There I'm as saying, well. But, well, I'm saying right now. We're seeing it. We have to see it at every level. We cannot have people put. We can't have a paint company say, you know what? The whitener went up 30 percent. So I'm taking mine up 40 percent. We can't have that anymore. It has to stop, David. Okay, but that is going to slow the economy dramatically, and well, that was the worry yesterday, at least, well, well, that we're going to we have gotta, a recession. We have to and stop inflation. We have to. But you're saying it, it only a recession will do it? Yes. Because no, Constant's point is equities are pricing in more of a recession than the macro indicators. Yes, and Constant does say that we could do 24% for the S&P down uh, from the top. The peak to trough is so hard because the November peak was such a phony peak. Um, do I, I'm not asking, and by the way, I'm not asking for a get you. Remember the buttons from the 70s? I think I still have one. Whip, Whip inflation yes, now. Yes. Win. I have a win. I bought yeah. it on eBay. Gerald Ford. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dale Reebok bought it for me. I can't believe we, hey, we have, I just saw a flash. Yeah. We have Kevin Plank. Yeah. Who, um, Frisk walked the plank. Uh, the CEO. I'm waiting to use that line for about a year. Uh, Under Armour down about six. Morgan Stanley cuts it actually down seven now. Well, who but he was only be, there two years. Who can compete? Apparel's just a disaster. Isn't that what you're looking for, though? Yes. Yeah. There's going to be a glut of apparel, and that is going to make it so. Enough, that's enough. You have to check the boxes. It is autos and semis. Now, semis are starting to come in. Uh, if you ask Chuck some more, he would tell you that it's loosening. If car prices come down, and it's, I think home will always punch above their weight. Home prices, David, have yeah. to stop going up. Mm-hmm. Car prices, Carl, have to stop going up. The stuff that goes into a home has to stop going up. And then, if that means that it's a recession, so be it. But that has to happen. We cannot have this. The American worker cannot afford to make 5% more and have to pay 9% okay. more. That's so, what I'm talking about. So you're telling about. us all these things. Then tell me what the what the multiple, appropriate multiple should be based on that expectation. And I mean, if we I have to have a recession, we should have it. Because I'd really like to know, like everybody over, asked me on the street, when does this end? I've been going over well, when those things, uh, June 7 and 1037. <laughs> because things get cheap. Maybe, you know, historically they get cheap. No, Some no, okay. of them are Look, historically The balance cheap. sheet of the consumer is the strongest ever, Brian Moynihan. Okay. The ability to be able to get a job 
is still good. Uh, good. It's great. The best labor market still in 50 really, years. Yeah, but Amazon is going to have, like, it looks like, you know, layoffs. And software oh. engineers are not going to make as much money that, uh, next year as they did this year. But, I but, think that's starting to come right. down a bit. So, but so that's good positive. Job I had um, AlterX yesterday. This is a product that makes it so you need fewer people. Uh, to be able to calculate things. These are things that are be put through. Uh, fewer people, you, all these things I know mean that there's going to be more unemployment. But because of what you said, that the job market is still strong enough, I think that we won't get a recession. But I, I, I do think that Jay Powell is not doing his job. Um, this 50-50 thing. I mean, so now you know, I just, 50-50. All right. 50, I, missed, I missed the transition on Jay. I, I, may, I did miss a couple of days. I've been on the road a lot, finishing the shooting for a Plus big documentary were, on right, Exxon Mobil. Right. Yeah. You were um, on the road? I thought you were, I I thought you were at the vineyard. I was not at the vineyard. Okay. Um, but I, 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 the last I remember, you were like Tim. No, you no we got a series of numbers that made me real, that made me, April was a bad month in this country. We had big inflation and we had slower sales. And we need to have the inflation come down. You're it, 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 You're his his retort would be financial conditions have been doing their work for six months. And now we're, we're watching the effects. Right. But we still have things. There are some things that are totally out of Powell's control. But I do think that it would change the psychology. The psychology of being asked of asking for a price increase has become ingrained in America. And that has to stop. Um. This, Guys, this thing I mean, should be 900. You're almost as hard to follow as Elon Musk is sometimes. No, no, because Elon Musk is off the rails here. He's off, He's we got to talk about Tesla a bit. Um, he got very upset about being removed from this index um, by S&P. Um, called ESG an outrageous scam. Uh, S&P Dow Jones recently removed uh, Tesla from its ESG index. He may have something here that he's right. I mean, man, he's just going off on a lot of uh, on a lot of different, a lot of different directions. Areas. Not How about to mention, I was going to ask you about not to mention Twitter and his. Well, I was going to ask you about the specific performance. Con, con, well, we can talk about specific performance another time. Or how many? What his contention may be about how much of uh, Twitter's uh, MAUs are really made up of bots, Twitter, I mean, right, which right. is he clearly believes is far above five percent. But, but he he had, but, he had spent three days there and and he was fine. Yeah. But the ESG stuff, listen, it, there is a lot of marketing that goes in here. It's all, I, I, I do believe it's become a, as much a marketing well, ploy as anything else. Well, do you think it's Exxon? Because you've spent these, a lot of time at Exxon. I have. And so do you like the way Exxon's rated? Uh, I think that may be a fair rating, but it's unclear. I, if you really want to understand Exxon and its future, you're going to want to watch our documentary on June 23rd. Let me begin the promotion oh right now. now. June 7, right June 23rd. Now. June's going to be busy. We are going to have an incredible and fascinating look inside ExxonMobil that we've been spending the last six months working on. What, what it is going to answer that question. June 23rd? Yes. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, June 23rd. Okay. Write that down. June As for Mr. Musk and specific performance and the Twitter board, Excellent. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, every, uh, he clearly today, believes a lot of bots are out there, and if he's right that it is a multiple of 5%, Carl, that conceivably could be fraud. Yeah. Webb Bush today does cut their target. Dan Ives from 1400 to 1000 That's right. the epic disaster call you referenced earlier. That was earlier, an amazing, Jim. amazing, you know, this is the best thing he's had. I know we have to go, but I will just say, look, I'm not calling for recession. I'm just saying speed up. Speed up. That's all I want, Carl. Just speed them up. Uh, we did shave some opening losses and then lost it again. Dow's down almost 400. Uh, are we getting to Bob Bassani this morning? Yes, we are. Hey, Bob. We are.
Hi, guys. Morning. Uh, yeah, we actually, the minute we opened, the futures rocketed up. They were weak prior to that and then did pretty well. We're weakening a little bit. Just take a look at the sectors. Obviously, consumer staples uh, still weak. Uh, the retailers like Kohl's still not having very good news. Uh, energy's down second day in a row. That's kind of interesting. Uh, industrials. Tech's holding up pretty well, though. Apple, Microsoft, uh, NVIDIA, AMD, they're all on the upside. As for the retailers, again, Kohl's you see down here today considerably weakened in uh, April as their sales considerably weakened. That's really kind of what the alarm bell is for a lot of the industry right now. So uh, Kohl's, Target, uh, Best Buy uh, still trading down uh, right now. Elsewhere, if you take a look at the uh, Internet-related names here, Cisco and the, com the, uh, the competition out there, uh, Juniper and Broadcom, hope you were all watching Chuck Robbins on the air with us just a few minutes ago, but they're all down as well. So the question now is what's priced into the market and what's not? Remember, we were all obsessed with interest rate risk. A lot of people feel that's reasonably priced into the market. What we're seeing now is the issues around growth and earnings risk, which are not fully priced in. Obviously, there is a concern about a recession that has gotten a little bit uh, more uh, louder in the last couple of days. Uh, I think the most important thing is the earnings risk, which is not priced in. Let me show you the earnings estimates for this year. This is absolutely remarkable. I've been talking about it for several weeks. They're not down at all. We're, up, we're expecting earnings gains of 9% this year for the S&P 500 and 10% for 2023. That's a rather remarkable number, uh, 9 and 10% for 2022 and 2023. Uh, what's the right estimate? I don't know, but it, it's clearly wrong, 9% earnings gains. The market doesn't believe that. So if we assume the market's going to be flat, that we're going to get, say, uh, you know, 208 this year instead of 228, uh, it would be reasonable to assume the market would come down another 9% because there's an assumption based in. I don't know. It's hard to call the bottom right now. All I know is inf the commodities are the real-time indicators for inflation. They haven't been particularly moving in the right direction, though. I do want to point out oil, though, has been down the last couple of days. If oil is the real-time indicator of inflation, we were 114 yesterday, and we are sitting now here much lower than that in the last couple of days. I don't know if that's a long-term trend or not, but the last two days, it's clearly down. That's at least a little bit of good news on the inflation front. So what's the takeaways for the last couple of days? Uh, number one, uh, stock analysts are way behind the curve. They are not very useful at these inflection points. They're too slow, and the market doesn't believe these 2022 earnings estimates. Number two, the consumer's strong story is really starting to wear a little bit thin at this point. Uh, by the fall, it's going to be over. By September, October, all this pent-up travel demand is going to be gone. So remember, Netflix was peak streaming. Uh, when you saw Target saying luggage sales up 50%, Jim referenced that this morning. He's right. That's peak travel right there. I think that's all going to change in the next few months. Finally, are we in a bear market or not? A lot of people have been telling me, you know, guys, stop saying we're in a bear market because we're only down 18 percent, not down 20 percent. That's an old convention, folks. If you look at the S&P, uh, half of the S&P 500 is more than 25 percent below its 52-week high. Um, that is good enough for most people to consider us to be in a bear market. And Carl, you and I, you know, go back a long way, 30 years, and when we were trying to officiate and determine what is an official or unofficial bear market. I think we shouldn't get too hung up about whether we're 18, 19 or 20 percent down, given where most of the market already is. Back to you. That's a great point. Great point, Bob. It's not surgical. Uh, Bob Pisani, thank you. As we go to break, take a look at the bond report. Jim mentions our recent fascination with the 10 year now below 279, which is going to set you pretty much for the lows for the month. Dow's down 440. S&P, what are we, 30-some-odd points above the intraday low of the year? That would be May 12 at 
Let's get to Jim and stop trading. One thing we have to start doing is recognizing that when companies lay off people, it's no longer means that they're in trouble. When I look at what's happening at, at Facebook, they just don't need all these engineers, so they're cutting back. I mean, you could say, well, wait a second. They should just keep all the engineers, and it doesn't matter. But if they're finishing projects and TikTok uh, is going to be trumped by reels, which I think is going to happen, then why do they have to keep hiring? They were hiring at a pace that I thought was ridiculous. So they're no longer doing that. So I just think the idea of them not hiring or laying off people, that does not mean they're in trouble. It means they're being pooh. Uh The Verge did get a hold of a memo right. from Zuck that said, at this point, it's not like they're not looking at layoffs per se. Right, but they just don't want to have five junior people when they can get one fantastic person as other people lay off. I think that's poop. Why not get a really seasoned engineer who's being laid off because the company can't come public? Or you know, there's a lot of seasoned engineers that are suddenly no. But I mentioned this earlier. I'm hearing right, that's what, again. The engineer you paid eight hundred thousand dollars to last year is not going to get that this year or coming next right, year. And that is they're still going to have a job somewhere, but. Numbers right. coming down because Zuckerberg, there was an enormous fight for talent. But not anymore. Zuckerberg now can choose. So why should he keep hiring people that he doesn't need when he can get the ones he really does? So those who think that he's in trouble or that company's in trouble and that, you're just dead wrong. Okay? This is not like they hired hundreds of thousands of people to deliver packages to you and then it turns out they had too many people. Amazon. Not package delivers. Amazon you're talking Amazon. about. Amazon. Yes, I am. Packies. How about tonight? Okay. Now, David loves nuclear power, so I'm bringing on Constellation. They're going to bring back nuclear power. You know they should. Nuclear yeah, power is fantastic. And then I've got Nikesh Aurora, Palo Alto. You know the bad guys. Safety never takes a vacation, as my friend Michael Haley says, who's a junk dealer and waste guy. Never takes a vacation. We'll have AMAD and DEC and VF to kick around as well. It's going to be busy tonight. Oh, yeah. oh really? I got a 60th birthday party for my buddy Steve Ford. All right, well, I'll just stay up a little all bit night. Late. I'll stay up all night. Yeah, what else? Why not? The usual. Yeah, well, he, I have to. What's the difference between all night and two hours? I have to, to watch when when he tweets, right? <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, he, he tweets around the clock. Musk, yes. Yeah, and it's like out two, three, four, five. I, I want to give him a sedative. <laughs> he needs lamictal. He needs lamictal. He, that would be good. He needs lithium. All right, maybe some effects. Sir. He's right. going to be a pharmacist in his next career. Yes. And maybe yeah. just. I, I just think we got to throw in some clonopin. Okay. And I, oh, I can't write any of You those. love that clonopin. Well, it's, it's a, it'd be good for him to get to sleep. We will see you tonight, Jim. Mad Money, no, 6 p.m. Eastern no, Time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.